This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, here is what we know for sure. The suicide bomber in the Manchester attack has been identified as a 22-year-old UK-born lone wolf by the name of Salman Abdi. Uh, another man has also been arrested. Um, maybe two people have been arrested. Uh, the carnage uh, was caused by an improvised explosive device. 22 people are dead. 59 are wounded. Two very young girls were identified, among the first to be identified, an 8-year-old girl and an 18-year-old. The little girl, Safi Rose Russos, from Lancashire in northwest England. She was at the Ariana Grande concert with her mother and older sister, who have both been treated for injuries they sustained in the attack. The 18-year-old victim was Georgina Bethany Callender, who was a health and social care student. At least 12 children under the age of 16 were among the wounded who were hospitalized after the attack. Some Polish citizens are missing, and Global Affairs Canada is still investigating whether any Canadians were involved. The numbers to call if you have questions or comments about this attack, which targeted young people going to a concert, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I'm here with Ross McLean, uh, who is a security and terrorism expert. Ross, welcome. Thanks so much for being with us. On a very difficult subject, uh, Libby. It doesn't get much tougher than this, I don't think. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, so this is what we know so far. So it would appear to be another act of so-called homegrown terror. Uh, As we said, the, uh, the man identified as the bomber, the suicide bomber, was born in the UK of Libyan descent. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big one for the um, using the definitions of whether it's homegrown or whatnot. If you belong to the cause and you're doing it for the cause, I mean, clearly geography is not an issue in war these days. Geography is not an issue in who the who they're attacking. Geography is not an issue in the way the internet works for spreading this um, this terrorism that goes about. So it's uh, it's pretty tough. We have uh, ISIL has claimed this one. Uh, we're looking at it. The police are on top of it. They've made their arrests. Unfortunately. I say this very much so. They're on the back end of this. And as I suspected before, and I've told you numerous times before, when we have these acts like this of terrorism, the police knew who the person was, and the person was on the police's radar. Yet here they are, still not able to wreak this sort of terror on young, innocent children. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so the police were aware of him. Um, what do you know about that aspect of things? 
Well, we're going to find out about it. We're going to find out. I mean, generally speaking, when you hear these things, the police are aware because, look, they need a monitoring. We have the five, five eyes. All the countries together work together. You know, Canada, U.S., New Zealand, Britain, we all work together uh, to do the spying and catch these people. Uh, so they have intelligence. They know who these people are. They're not hard to figure out sometimes. You know, we'll find out now uh, a little bit more about this person's past. The name has just been revealed by a U.S. source, apparently, not, not by Britain. They still want to keep it secret, but the name has been revealed. We'll find out uh, if he's radicalized, if he belongs to a local mosque, if he's done any travel to Syria. That's one of the other things we've typically seen is we've seen travel by these terrorists where they go and they get the training on how to do the attacks, get the bombs, and get further radicalized. So this information is still to come out. But as far as I'm concerned, this has all the markings, all the markings of an ISIS terrorist attack. Uh-huh. Because yeah, one of the questions was um, how much was ISIS really involved in it? Because they do take, in in quotes, credit or responsibility for these attacks, even if they had nothing to do with it. And, and uh, some of these individuals who become also so-called self-radicalized, they're just uh, – ISIS says go out and do what you, do what you can to uh, the unbelievers. So it, it's – I guess the question is, is how much did ISIS really direct this? Well, to my mind, it's pretty clear that the the target that was taken was directly an ISIS-specified target in an ISIS-specified way uh, with ISIS claiming claiming it. This wasn't someone who went and blew up a car lot and said, oh, we don't like cars or something like that. This was obviously directed, you know. Look, there's also a claim. I mean, it's yet to be confirmed. There was a tweet that came out hours before from a an account that was related to ISIL terrorism that mentioned the Manchester arena right in the hashtag of the tweet hours before this happened. So, I mean, we still have to wait for the intelligence to come out on this. But uh, look, when these people do this work, when they pick these targets, Ariana Grande was picked specifically uh, because she's part of what these radical Islamists hate. She was a young girl, very dynamic. Lots of young girls watched her. They don't like that. They think that's against the way that their religion should be. So that's why they pick targets like that. Okay. Um, One of the things that police are very keen to find out is whether this guy built the bomb himself or whether some kind of uh, specialist built it for him. Uh, Just before we went on air, you showed me a picture of police carrying out a, a whole table full of chemicals and and stuff from uh, the bomber's home, I guess. Yeah, they executed two warrants, and the police uh, doing the warrants, the forensic guys, they're in their suits carrying this stuff out because they don't know what's in there. They're wearing the white suits. There's actually one photographer that caught a close-up picture of him carrying out a book called uh, Know Your Chemicals for Making Chemicals. Now, one of the signature bombs that's used by ISIS is something that's made with something called TATP. It's made with... uh, easy to get uh, additives, uh, hydrogen peroxide and some acids, and you mix them together and you create a bomb. Now, the only problem with them is they're very, very volatile and it's, it's hard to do it well. So there's a question as to whether this person made the bomb themselves, had someone help them, had direction, or like I said, did he perhaps travel somewhere to get instructions on how to make the bomb? Because uh, look, to me, the big concern uh, that I see in this is now bomb making of this type of bomb has made its way from Syria into Europe, across the Channel, and it's into the UK. 
So if we have that going on now, that's why another mall was cleared out uh, earlier today as well, too. There was fears of a package that was in there and another bomb. So it's very scary stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, in the original claim of responsibility, they said that they have planted bombs, plural, around the area. Uh, And it appears that that's not true. They cleared this shopping mall and uh, nothing was found there. Yeah, that's that's yet to be seen. I saw another claim that came from a police agency that says that the person carried an IED uh, into it. So it's different than a suicide vest. If it's carried, we, we do know that there was the typical nails and ball bearings and those sort of things put in it meant to cause damage and kill people. We've seen before where there have been multiples of those bombs placed, but sometimes they don't go off. We had that happen in New York where there was two of them that was placed. One went off and one didn't. Someone else found it in the garbage. That See, that's the trick about building bombs with detonators and this TATP, or as it's known, its nickname in the Islamic world, the mother of Satan is what they call it because it's 83% as strong as dynamite. When they put these bombs out, there may still be some out there, but they didn't detonate. That This is what you always have to be careful of. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, let's uh, take a call, Ross. We've got Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? <clears throat> Not bad. Yeah, it is a sad thing to say, but when you listen to the race, the weekend news with Trump, and apparently the Palestinians put 9% of their total uh, GDP into paying the families of so-called martyrs. So I remember once, in, and he, I guess we, he was criticized for it, but Trump said in a statement when he was running for election that um, in the event that a suicide bomber, his their if it was up to him, he would execute their entire family. Oh, d- I, 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 wait right. a minute. Wait. I don't but think I'm, Trump said that. Um, yeah, yeah, Ross, yeah, do you call, recall? He said something about going after the families and either charging them. I don't remember. I don't remember, ex- I don't remember executing them. I can, I, even for Trump, that would be kind of extreme. Well, uh, that's very he may extreme. He's been relating, relaying a message by somebody else. Because we've had that case here where we had the Omar Carter, the young kid, 15 years old. He was put up to that stuff by his father. Yep. This kind of stuff, we can't have that. You know, uh, like, so I agree example, with you. But we it, can't be executing uh, guilty people's well, families either. We, well, I don't know. That's that's like ISIS. <laughs> well, and I will I will say this to the to the theme I think that the caller Bob is going against. And listen, we do do that as countries now. Is we will put sanctions on countries that harbor terrorists. So, mm-hmm. for someone to say, let's say we want to put sanctions on if there's families that are involved with terrorists and things like that, it's something that we currently do. There's sanctions on Russia. There's sanctions on Iran. We do things in other ways to hurt people. We ban them from travel. We ban them from trade. We ban them from exports. There's lots we do to do that. So maybe. Maybe that's the road we need to, to look at. I mean, we, we need to look at preemptive on this is yeah. what we need to do. Because the problem here, Libby, is this is not a criminal act. This is an act of war. And as I've said before, you cannot have police uh, and, and domestic laws dealing with acts of war. They're not set up for it. Look where this attacker took place. There's the arena. Right. They were on the perimeter. Where guess what? That's where the security stops. Those security can't do anything else in the subway. They have to rely on the people who run the subway, either either the transit or the police, to protect the outside of that. 
So I, here's the problem. The law does not allow for you to protect yourself very well if they're coming at you from your perimeter. Okay. Um, okay, Bob, thanks for your call. I, I wanted to get into that, Ross. Do we have to change the way we do security and moving it uh, outside of a potential target to the perimeter? I, I think I mentioned that uh, when I was uh, coming home from India, yeah. the security was very different. It started outside the terminal. And uh, once I was checked through three layers of security, I wanted to go back and get something from the gate, and then I had to go through again. Right. So is is that something we have to look at doing at uh, a so-called soft target like a concert well that's what has been done but you've seen that what the what the terrorists are doing they're exploiting it when they over in uh, france they did a bomb just outside a soccer stadium yeah. they tried to get in they couldn't get in so fine we'll do it at the perimeter we saw them do it with the coptic church that they blew up tried to walk in couldn't get through blew himself up uh, in the metal detector so the problem is that uh, as i say criminal law does not allow you to stop someone before they commit an offense who's not on your property yet you can't do that. And the only way you're going to deal with, with issues like this, the same way that you deal with embassy security. For instance, when the U.S. embassy was blown up in Beirut, they learned from that. that now, if you're a truck and you're barreling towards the U.S. embassy now, you're going to hit all kinds of barriers and your truck's going to be blown up long before you get to that embassy because they're preempting you from getting close to them on the property. That's embassies. That's doing it different. But for, I tell you, for a commercial venue to try and put security past its perimeter, you can't legally do it. You have to rely on the police. And this is where it's going to get interesting. If the police are going to have to start training and staffing, like they do in New York, counterterrorism teams that are going to be sent out to all major public events, major, not that major, like is Area, Area Grand the biggest thing in the world going on? No, but it's pretty significant. Well, it's more than 20,000 people in a stadium. They'll have, to, they'll have to staff and send them there. And as we've seen with the tactics here, like in the Boston bombing, they waited till it was over before they launch their attack, because security typically drops off, gets a bit lax. So if you're the police covering that now, you're going to have to cover it from the opening, throughout the concert, until well past it's over. That's an expense, let me tell you. It's an expense to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, maybe the expense goes onto the concert promoters or, or something like that. I mean, um, uh, I, from the tweets, Ariana Grande's tweets, she's devastated, but I'm sure of she... She, of course, but I'm sure, you know, there was a lot of money made at that concert. Yeah, there's money made at the concerts. And, I, you know, I don't think uh, that the concerts, they, don't, they want to do their job. They want to offer security there. They want their fans to be safe there. But it's, it starts to become untenable uh, when you have, if you're doing anti-terrorism type security. That's a level of security that is very high and very costly. You can, you can go up 10 times of what you'd normally pay for your security. It's very costly. Okay, uh, let's hear from Nick in Oakville. Hello, Nick. Hi there. Um, this event was heinous and horrible, but we shouldn't be shocked. How many people have died in Iraq since uh, the U.S. went there in the, in the 90s? Over a million. How many people have died in Afghanistan and Syria and Libya? How many children died in Syria? When we see bloody children in Syria, then we get upset. Or we see bodies washing up on shore from North Africa, then we get upset of children. But, uh, you know, we're a bunch of hypocrites. We go around destroying their country, bombing hospitals. And then, oh, why did they bomb this concert? Like, you know... They bombed this why? concert because, uh, because uh, it, was a, it was called a gathering of crusaders. 
gathering of crusaders. That's uh, that was in the ISIS message. It was oh, yeah. a gathering of crusaders. One, well, one, one thing I'll note too yeah. is in those wars, whether one wants to defend them, not defend them, yeah. or whatever. Tell you, everybody on our team is wearing a uniform when they're doing it, when they're going in there. Yeah. They're going into there under the International Articles of Law, managing the acts, uh, the acts of law. This is not, a, this is no one in a uniform. This is outside of the bounds of what you're allowed to do in any sort of war thing. This is complete terrorism and an act of war. And that aims and at children, and that, that targeted children, basically targeted children. That's what happened uh, here, yeah. you know, and I have to tell you that when, you know, when they chose this specifically to do this, Libby, they did this specifically because they knew kids were there. When you do, when they target something like this, they plan, they look at their bomb, they look at their venue, they decide which one is going to be the most richest target for them, they do counter surveillance on it, they do all that work before they go and do it. So they knew that they were going after children here. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with security and terrorism expert Ross McLean. We're talking about that terrible bombing in Manchester yesterday. We're going to go right to the phones. We've got Sam in Brantford. Hi, Sam. Yes, good, uh, good afternoon. How you doing? Fine. My idea is this. These people that are coming back from wherever they're going to get trained to Turkey why can't we stop these people from traveling to Turkey in the first place? Uh, I uh, traveling to Turkey. There's no reason to stop somebody from traveling to Turkey. Well, um, if, can, if, but my suggestion is, if a single person, 28 years old or 30 years old, is is born in England or born in in some other country, what would be the purpose of him or her traveling to Turkey by themselves when they have no business? Um, um, you know, involvement to go to Turkey in the first place. Yeah. Caller's uh, absolutely right. You know, prior to all this uh, uh, radical Islamic terrorism coming up, uh, you just try and get on a plane as a single person on a one-way ticket with no cash oh, well, and no it's a luggage. a one-way ticket. Yeah, there. Yeah. You're flagged. You're flagged because you hit certain characteristics for doing it. And certainly there's characteristics that could be flagged here. And uh, the U.K. is one country, though, that allows people to travel to Syria travel back. They've got some 400 people now, minimum 400 people, who fought in Syria for well, ISIL this, this, living this is, in maybe the UK. Maybe this is a problem. Maybe they should stop people from... Well, that, that, uh, if they have proof that somebody fought for ISIS, you would hope. But, uh, yeah, that, I guess the argument is citizenship trumps everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Turkey, you know... Turkey is a it's a it's Turkey. a different story, yeah. and until uh, recently, it was a top tourist destination. But the trouble is, too, is once they get to Turkey, uh, yeah. I understand that in Europe there are no um, uh, what do you call it, safety or, or any concerns traveling from one country to another. Yeah, you're entitled under the European uh, rules, right? Yeah. You're a citizen of one; you can just go anywhere, and that's where they had the problems with the train attacks before well, and all yeah. these things. They have to stop. They have to stop it at the source. Okay. Okay, Good thanks, Sam. Okay, bye Thanks for your call. Thanks. Okay, Stephen, Mississauga. Hi, Steve. Hi there. What can I say? I was in tears, honestly, um, a short time ago. I, I was just projecting, as it were, all the different students, all the different people I've known who, you know, of that age, etc. And it just Terrorism works, damn it. I was told not to use uh, pejoratives by your uh, producer, Dave. 
Yeah, we've got so, to keep the language a little clean. Indeed. So excrement is the word that comes to mind. Um, I know a lot of people, I, I mean, people who have kids that age, you know, they see something like that, and uh, it's very much a there but for the grace of God go. I, they can certainly imagine their their kid going to a concert like that with or without the parent. Let me this tell you little so- girl, I mean, she was there with her mother and her older sister. Let me tell you a little bit of inside baseball related to me I could do from before, you know. There was uh, 20-odd policemen out there in Manchester who went out and had to go tell parents that they've lost their children, that they've lost a, a child or some such thing. And let me tell you, when you go do that, it is, it is tough. It is tough. Ross, you were going to uh, give uh, a few tips, I guess, on um, how to stay safe if you're at a big venue like that. Yeah, one of the things we've talked about this before, because you've had travel people on your show before, too. First of all, consider the country you're in, right? You're much more likely to have a problem in France, Germany, or Brussels, in England at this point, than you are in Canada. They've got more terrorists per square inch than we do over here, so you're relatively safe over here. But if you're going to be going to any large gatherings, I'd make a point for instance, with concerts, uh, make sure that you meet the requirements for getting into the uh, getting past security very closely so you can just go in and out. You do not want to spend a lot of time standing around where the perimeter is because this is where they're attacking. Once you get inside, be familiar with where the exits are. And also remember, like I tell you, look for concealment and cover. If there's a place to hide inside, something's going outside, go find a big cement thing to stand behind, a solid cement room, get out of the site, and get behind something so you can be safe. That's about the best you can do. One last tip. For, for the last? For just just one there. last tip here. Change the message on your phone. If you're at one of these events, your outgoing message to say, hey, this is Debbie. I'm at the concert, but I'm okay after everything happens. So when people are calling, looking, and wondering where you are, that's a chance to get your message out because sometimes the cell towers get very busy. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.